Hey, what's up, people? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by BVNE Beach Volleyball National Events and by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball. Come play with us. It is also brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. Watch me watching you. This time we have Brandon Clemens, and the episode starts right now. Listen, you guys wanted some young talent. You got tired of, tired of me talking to old people. So, me, I'm your DJ. I'm your host. I'm your podcast king. And, and I got to give the people, I give the people what they want. Brandon Clemens is in the house. Hey, guys. Brandon, do you have the shirt? Show him the shirt. Oh, yes, I do have the shirt. A nice little uh, For my boy shout Ke- out to yes. the alma mater. <laughs> to my boy Kenneth ba- Bassarath, who gets the joke. He's wearing my Harvard tie. Like, <laughs> he went to Harvard. So we um, before we got on the air, we were talking a little bit about the alumni game. Um, and we were talking about Indiana. Let's, um, let's, let's talk about the alumni game. Let's talk about just going back. Yeah, it was really great. I got to go back to my alma mater recently uh, for an alumni match. And it was was incredible it was rejuvenating um there's an energy about boston that um as much as i love and probably prefer california uh there's this kind of energy there that's just not present here there's this hustle and bustle of everyone walking around taking the metro going to classes like doing work in coffee shops and i just like i love that and um it kind of uh you know, reminded me of all the great opportunities and experiences I had in college and um, kind of reawakened something in me that um, maybe uh, was a little dormant for a while. So yeah. um, it was awesome. Well, very much like New York, it's um, um, it's even these these crowds and so condensed somehow it's still intimate. You know, it's supposed to be impersonal. Everyone's supposed to be wound tight because everybody's so fucking close to each other. And that's not the case. It's intimate. There's a general level of caring, uh, if not realness. Uh, Boston, very much like New York. If someone doesn't like you, they're not going to. And I had this conversation with Mark Burek, if you remember. Yeah. They're not going to pretend that it's just a waste. You know, there's only 24 hours in a day. You know, they're not going to be rude, but they're not going to, you know. And here... There, there's the whole living the dream thing, but there, the intimacy is different. I'm not saying one's better, one's worse, just different, and and I miss it too. I'm from, I'm, yeah. I'm a native New Yorker, my dude. Oh yeah, everyone's wicked busy, you know, um, yeah. just doing their own thing. But at the same point, I think because everything is so walkable and um, everyone takes public transit a lot, uh, most places yeah. that there are a lot more. Uh, opportunities for interactions and sure there's a little hustle and bustle along the strand of Hermosa but it's not quite the same um, so it was great getting to get uh, to go back remember all the all-nighters I pulled all the uh, you know morning lifts and uh, double days that I uh, you know did there and I also had to uh, bust out my like big jacket out of storage <laughs> so uh, um, the, I definitely sugar. Didn't when was the last time I wore that oh my gosh yeah uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it had been it had been a while. So, um, but it was good. It was good. Um, yeah, just happy to kind of uh, remember where I came from and um, kind of really use that to contextualize um, where I am now. Um, and yeah. uh, really excited about the future. Um, yeah. Doesn't it also remind you that you have shit to do? Yeah. And you come back home. We were t- we we we, we talked we were talking about that before the podcast. You know. Yeah. The definitely. thing I like and hate about Hermosa Beach. 
what I like is it's like a vacation I, I don't have to come back home from. What I hate about it, it's a vacation I don't have to come back home from. I'm like, I, I got this project I got to do. I'll put it off tonight. Nah, <laughs> you know, tomorrow's another day. I'll do it, whatever. I, I call it California drunken stupor, meaning you, you can just be, and you're not even drinking. You're not even drinking oh, yeah. alcohol. You're just in this, this, this la-la phase, which feels terrific. Oh, yeah. It's like morphine drip <laughs> on oh, the yeah. beach. I mean, the sun and the beach are intoxicating. Like, uh, you know, uh, you can spend a full day at the beach, feel really productive, and then realize that you didn't get any actual work done of, yeah. like, uh, you know, the things that, that pay the bills a little bit more right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. To me, it kind of reminds me of... Yeah, kind of like an endless summer. So in college, I used to come out to the South Bay um, and spend my summers training with USA Volleyball for like their junior yeah. tournaments. The high performance um, tryouts. Yeah, yeah, the high okay. performance stuff. I had a, I got to represent the USA three times. Um, Outside hitter? Uh, no, so for beach, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. oh for beach. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, did I ever tell you that? No. <laughs> yeah, so I got to do two U21 World Championships okay. uh, in 2013 and 2014. With who? With who? So I played with uh, Chris Long um, in I know my Chris. first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, a spunky little UCLA lefty. guy, right? Yeah. Yes, UCLA. Uh-huh. Um, now doing uh, getting his uh, medical degree in Miami, um, but still playing. And um, then in 2014, I got to play with Jackson Bantle, another lefty from UCLA. Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's like I have a type or something. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was great. Got to travel to Europe and just have that experience of wearing, you know, USA on your uniform and um, feeling pride in representing a country that you love um, and just getting to play volleyball at the highest level that you can. And um, I love it. It's, um, but like I said, sometimes it's weird. I I just moved up to the South Bay um, in January. Oh, you did? Yes. Yeah. So I'm living in uh, Redondo, North Redondo. So it's like just inland from Hermosa. And um, yeah, it feels like endless summer. So I have to uh, remind myself, it's like, nope, I have a job. I have, you know, I have, I have things to do. So in addition to volleyball, like I have this other side of me, but I really like the duality of it. Um, Yeah. You That's know. the name of our club, uh, the volleyball club I coach. Uh, really? Duality. And the Summer Beach Volleyball. Oh, and yeah. the Summer. <laughs> Duality would have been. That would be good. That would be really good. What? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get, listen, I got to uh, give you the credit for it. If the, if I have a make a club, yeah, we got to call uh, it Trademarked. <laughs> yes. Because everybody's going to be like, what's your name? Crushers, Evolution, this, uh, Endless Summer, um, uh, um, Duality. Yeah. Yeah, I thought of a volleyball team called Vanity. That would have been cool, <laughs> you know. But not everybody's good looking like me, so you know it'd be hard to recruit. So that's a bitch, you know. High standards. What are we gonna know. do? Right? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, Indiana, similarly, right? You you, you spent some time, home, yeah. Which also reminds you, you know, where you get the intimate feeling, but also reminds you that the hustle and bustle, man. You feel like you're you're slacking, right? Yeah. Um, well, it was definitely nice going back to Indiana. My parents moved to Florida, where they're both originally from, and where all my family lives. After I moved out to California four years ago, so I hadn't really been back just because um, I had been using all my vacation time for AVP tournaments and stuff yeah man. and super necessary yeah and so i finally took the opportunity to go back um one of my best friends was uh about to propose to his girlfriend so i like made it made it a point to go back for that bend the knee yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah it's just incredible because um you know each day is a new day and you don't want to 
you know, focus on the past, but it is important to recognize where you came from. And the volleyball community in Indiana is so tight knit. Um, it was incredible going back and seeing all my high school teammates, club teammates, um, and really just remembering kind of the group of people that helped um, inspire and cultivate my passion for volleyball. Yeah. Um, because without them, I wouldn't be here. I and mean, I, I'm amazed at the um, the talent pool of boys and male players that Indiana and and, and I guess that area in Ohio, you know, Illinois. Because um, usually it's it's predominantly for indoor, predominantly as far as popularity is concerned, it's still a woman's sport. So, but the this 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 I don't I guess it's just really good coaching out there. You know, it's no accident. Ohio State won like you know three times out of the last ten years, and you got Loyola Chicago the other two times beating Division Two Lewis in the final. So, oh, yeah. so the MIVA and 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 the, and similarly the club teams, Milwaukee School of Engineering, you know, good D three program. Um, yeah, man, very, very a lot of talented male uh, male talent out yeah, there. Yeah, there's some great players out there and great programs. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Loy Ball running IPFW. Yeah. Um, oh, is he? He got, took over for his dad. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, you've got yeah IPFW, Ball State, Lewis, Loyola, Ohio State, um, Penn State's. You know, they play in the EIVA, but I always considered Pennsylvania more of like a Midwest state. Yeah. Um. So you've got yeah. a lot of talent. Even out the there. D3 schools are good. I mean, Juniata has always been. Oh yeah, pretty good. I mean, you're like, you're sure that that's a D? Are you sure that's a D three school? Right. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um. You know, St. Francis, PA, always always on competitive. Um, Philly Bible had a new program. Um. Uh, at, at the um, beginning, when you were a freshman, Philly yeah. Bible had a team like 2008, 2009. That's a couple of years before you came in. Um, Brubaker family. You know, that's the, so yeah, I, I recognize. And the weird thing is about the East Coast is like on the club level, they don't even care about divisions because everybody, because D1 at the time before there was a Division three championship, D1 and 2 and 3 had to play each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was at Hunter Cut College for a cup of coffee. We had to, you know, we were in the EIVA. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I, no, I had a good team, though. Yeah, I think the no, Midwest is slowly, mm-hmm. you know, volleyball just in general is growing in the U.S. I think um, the inclusion of uh, collegiate beach volleyball for girls is definitely helping out it's with business popularity. Now. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. It's it's great. And, I mean, the girls' side is as competitive as ever. Um, and I definitely think people are seeing the benefit of volleyball in general. Um I think the Midwest has some great college programs and they've also got a lot of uh, beach communities out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's funny. There's a huge tournament happening in Cincinnati this weekend that I know a bunch of California teams uh, are are flying out to play and I'm flying out to play in it too. Um, What is it? It's cool. It's at Grand Sands in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Sands. And yeah, it's funny. I like grew up playing uh, uh, beach volleyball there in high school and um yeah they've got a great indoor facility and they've got a couple courts outside i imagine since it's march in ohio we'll probably be playing indoors but we're um, hoping yeah, yeah. it'll be nice you know um maybe a little i think ohio, ohio valley I don't, I, they might have made some some in some courts or whatever that's one of the uh, bigger clubs out there for juniors i guess yeah um but yeah midwest um i always think of um What's the one in Wisconsin in Oshkosh? What's that called? Boat ride. Oh, okay, yeah. Boat ride tournament. That's um, grass threes. It's a beach doubles. Oh, the wow. bomb. But the bombers are there every year. One of my, one of, one guy used to play with Elmas Palomino. He played for the Dominican national team. He went out there at the time of his life and grass court. I guess when you're young, it's just less grueling. But honestly, regardless of age, when you play grass, right, and then you start playing beach full time, the first time you play grass again, it's a different kind of sore. 
Oh, like you could completely. practice, you could have a tournament, and they're like, Brian, hey, come on, let, let's, get, let's, let's go dancing, let's go get some food, and you're like, all right, all right I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a shower. That's beach, okay? Grass, it's like, Brennan, you coming through, it's like... No, definitely not, yeah. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, even sometimes when you're playing on courts that are just more packed like just yeah. the sand's a little more shallow like Huntington. even yeah even then sometimes like your joints can hurt a little bit afterwards if you get used to like how deep Hermosa and Manhattan yeah. are um so yeah I definitely um appreciate beach volleyball for the longevity that it provides um, to your body and I um I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier but 2020 is definitely uh, a big focus of mine is just mental and physical health um, after, you know, kind of what happened to me last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, let me let me bring the people on in this and you can you can take the, the steering yeah. wheel. Um, Brandon last year at Huntington Beach uh, made the main draw, played with Dylan Merrick. Yep. Uh, one of the uh, I think as far as for chemistry purposes, you are you are the best partner each other's ever had and, and that's saying a lot because he played with dave palm and other partners um i know firsthand because i was i was working with jeff samuels and dave palm and you beat us on the third round to get into the draw well i ended up playing the mckibbins the first round you looked amazing you look like an indoor guy who brought the 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 multi the multiple dimensions of cross court yeah. right there's a whole bunch of ways you can hit cross court there's only one or two ways to hit line and people were trying to four block and they're trying to jump in they're trying to you know five switch on you and you're like okay if i beat this guy he's got there's nobody and you were just bam bam you had this whip and even if you touch the block you you hit it to a point where it was just popping off going out on your side where there's nothing they could do uh, and i saw a lot of that in, in the, the qualifier i saw that in the beginning of the main draw and then match point and Match point, um, it was weird. You were playing a ball that I didn't even think you were going to get to, but the, the, the competitor in you says never die. Besides, it's match point. You know what I'm saying? Something happened. What? Yeah, so uh, I pulled off the net for a transition dig, uh, dug it into the net. Dylan uh, tried saving it. It kind of went out by uh, the pole. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, it was kind of out of reach, but you know, obviously it's match point. You're going to, you know, sacrifice your body for whatever, just kind of dove to my side, yeah. uh, fell on uh, the right side of my right leg. And then as soon as I hit the sand, I felt a pop in my knee. Yeah. Uh, can when, you pull that up? Do you have that? Um, just put McKibbins against Clemens and, and go ahead. yeah. And then, uh, went to stand up and I couldn't straighten my leg Fuck. and I was limping and I knew immediately that there was something wrong that wasn't just, uh, going to be solved by a little bit of rest and ice. So when I got an x-ray and an MRI, um, I had, uh, I completely tore my meniscus. So mm -hmm. it was a bucket handle tear. So your meniscus kind of looks like a figure eight little gummy, uh, this side kind of completely fell off. It's uh, May, May 3rd, um, uh, so something, was, May something. Uh, so it was like a bucket handle, you know, like you kind of hold on. So, and it had wrapped around my ACL and then I had a partial PCL tear as well. So, lateral, uh, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I went with the, you can go to the end, the very end last play. Yeah. And I went with the repair option, which takes longer to recover. So you could either just like scrape it out and then just, kind of live without your meniscus, but I had that PCL partial tear as well. So I was going to be out was for a while. Was it intact? Um, it was intact, but it was, uh, it was something. Hold that, that, hold that though. Let's take a look at it. Um, you can look at it on this screen if you want. It's gonna, she's going to put it up on this There's one. There's a jump start coming. Right here. Nice pass, up and down set. Brendan, line over Doug, looking for the match. Riley, is it worth it? Let him work it? No, not yet. Dylan, 
Escort, Doug, for the match again. There's a free ball opportunity. And they hit the antenna. Oh, there's going to be an argument over this. Maybe not. That was really loud. He's got some volume on that, that one. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's because this was turned up. Oh, man. Sorry. Yeah, it's not loud on that. It's loud on this. Okay. Sorry, Glad you're not wearing that. And that's when it happened, huh? Yep. Go back. Go back. Um, we can still talk, but I just want the the audience to actually see the clip. We can just loop that a little bit. Yeah. So you ain't got to look at it. I ain't trying to fucking <laughs> yeah. mentally traumatize you. Yeah. So, so basically, they, was the uh, PCL still intact? Was it partially torn? Was it completely it was torn? partially torn, but to nice the point where Wiley says there's always I enough cross court. Like I was going to have to take uh, the score is now 14-13. Anyway. Match point uh, opportunity number three. Playing beach volleyball into you know, oh, but you're not. just like, you know, Ed and Jake Gibb and, you know, kind of all those, There's a jump start um, coming. you know, volleyball Nice pass, up and down set. Yeah. Brendan, line over Doug, um, looking for the match. Riley, is it worth it? Like, Let him work it? No! The, the, the long game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cross-court, Doug! It killed me to have to sit the match out for again. four months, especially the There's four There's a free ball opportunity! Season and it hit the antenna! Oh, there's going to be an argument over this. Maybe not! How did you get that and then it the ball down Riley McKibben taking over the match yep. winning two sets to 115-13 I am so out of here because Brent couldn't extend it fully got a got a ride to the player's tent yeah they checked it out luckily like ACL was intact so they were like that's good um I sat it out for a while but then had to forfeit my second match was the yeah first, I remember that yeah first ever match I've ever forfeited in my life yeah so that, I mean uh, really it hurt no, um, you, I mean it sucked twofold. One, uh, and the the audience the audience listening will appreciate this because we said this off camera. The moment that you get injured, the moment before that moment, and everyone's gonna laugh. You're playing the best volleyball or the best you've ever played in a long time, if ever. And it's always that moment that you get hurt before that. You're like. Everything is going awesome. It's not like something that was a wane or like a there was no warning sign. Those are the freakish ones that just shock your mind. They shock your body. That's one. Two, it's bad in the twofold because you're not the type of person where inactivity is a good thing. You know, you you're dude, you're a fucking shark. If you if you stop moving, you'll die. Okay, <laughs> that that is your mentality. You're very yeah. much you're very much like Kelly, my my, my wife. Uh, she's she's moving all the time. She's she's gone right now she's doing stuff yeah. playing volleyball got the nannies need a ride home no problem habit burger sure <laughs> you know so um must be a harvard thing i don't know but um <laughs> she's um 2000 graduate 2000 but yeah so that must have that must have effed with you uh twofold oh yeah definitely i mean uh yeah i mean obviously after getting injured i expected the like um you know, physical implications of it, having mm -hmm. to do PT uh, pretty extensively. So I had PT for four months, uh, three three times a week. Um, yep. So I expected that. I just didn't expect like the mental implications. Jesus. Where oh my God. I, yeah, I mean, I felt like I essentially had like adrenaline and endorphin withdrawals. Um, there there was nothing to fill that void in my life. And, and you know, I... I have it. I have a job. I have a career, and so it's not like I didn't have things going on. Right. It just like as much as I love my job, and as much as um, I I enjoy doing it, I enjoy my coworkers, I enjoy my team. Um, that isn't like 
that isn't why I live here. Like I moved here for volleyball and okay. volleyball is my biggest passion in life. So not having that made me feel very empty. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a struggle. And, um, I definitely think that's, that's why, you know, after everything is kind of, uh, you know, once I got cleared again and once I was able to start practicing again, I really appreciate, you know, P1440, Kind of being the shining opportunity yeah. for me. Yeah, de- and we're definitely going to uh, take some time next part in, in a little bit as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but it came at the perfect time for me, and and it's it's been such a good opportunity to kind of like, kind of compensate for missing those four months and getting me ready for this upcoming season. Yeah, for me personally, it was one of those teams where when I played you in the qualifier and and. Me and you we're gonna we're gonna talk about you and Ben a couple a few years a few years before that too of course because yeah. you can't have a podcast without talking about how it all you know how yeah. how it all began in in the eyes of the of the culture here yeah all right your, your journey was a lot sooner than that I get that uh, for me when we played you in the third round I told myself uh, selfishly this is a team I could coach I could coach and we can fucking win. You know, the my, my, that's the way my mind works. I've been coaching 21 years. Um, I've been playing for 30, more like six years on the beach, but like 20, 21 cumulatively, you know, yeah. indoor, um, overseas, whatever. Um, and I, in my mind, I was like, this is a team, I mean, great defense, great blocking, good chemistry, not emotionally high, not emotionally low. You pick your highs, you pick your highs really, really well. Brent, um, and Merrick seems to be the same way across the board. So the, your, your playing styles complement each other. So the selfish part of me is like, I could coach that team, you know? <laughs> and it was laughing at me like, yeah, of course, my cat can coach that team. But um, the second part is personality wise, I took a journey, a, the um, emotional journey with you guys because I saw the player you were when you play with Ben and I saw the player you were when you played with different partners and I saw who you were that day and I was like dude he to a lot of people he's arrived but uh, but his, I think his dirty little secret is he's just getting started yeah. <laughs> and I wanted I really I desperately wanted to take that journey with you I was um the fan in me the coach in me came out but also the fan in me so I was really really sad that you got hurt and I was like oh don't tell me I can't freaking see this guy play no more or whatever this year so you know and, and um but i'm rooting for you that's that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah I let's appreciate- um let's sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i really appreciate that and yeah. uh yeah it has been it's been a journey since i moved out here you know i moved out um in 2016 after graduating and um yeah started working august 2016 like figuring out how it's gonna balance you know my career and beach volleyball at the same time and then um started playing a bunch of avp necks and then yeah, yeah. i was lucky did enough you play to... with um, miles last year in huntington um, who'd you play with last year oh it was no the dylan. one in huntington yeah that wasn't a next what was that called uh, avp america is that what that's called um the yeah, one in huntington one? beach um i i was pretty much you playing. were there though because i remember okay. you had your, your you had your tribe with you a uh, dylan and you had your tribe. yeah with you. yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure i was playing with dylan okay it was dylan yeah, then. i think so okay no because i rem- good because as soon as i say tribe i think of dylan when i think of dylan i'm like okay that's who he's playing with yeah. i just put two and two together my bad so let's um no, let's good. let's let's steer the car in a p1440 um we both have a lot of stories but um, i mean we're not here to listen to me talk i want you to tell me about um um, the first time you went to the developmental program and 
and just just take me from there. Yeah, so it was great. I heard about it shortly after I got cleared to play again uh, in September of last year. And um, yeah, someone said like, oh, are you going to be doing like, are you interested in like the P1440 program? And I'd heard about it. um, But because of I, I was moving from San Diego to Orange County. Um, I didn't really do it, uh, you know, uh, last year. And then um, I didn't really do it during season because I ended up getting hurt. Yeah. Um, so I was intrigued by the opportunity. Um, ended up just going to the tryout, um, really enjoying the coaching style, uh, the community there. And um, yeah, I was really you know, really happy when they said that I made the team and got to join the program. And it's been just such a great ride. Um, I think that the structure that they provide, having, you know, two coaches at every practice, we practice twice a week. Um, it's so nice for me because... So you're, you're um, at Huntington, right? There was yeah. one at Hermosa. Okay. Yeah, so I'm in Huntington because at the time uh, I was living in Irvine still. It's um, yeah, and so ended up staying there. I love the group there. Sean Fallowfield and Dan yeah. um, are such great coaches and uh, we've got some great characters in our group uh, I love me some Pompeo yeah. and Arturo cool yeah. they, and, were, they were with us in the summer so I got, I got oh, a chance to work awesome. with them but sorry go ahead oh no 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 uh, yeah it's just uh, I really like our, our training group uh, Ed Ratledge is a part of it love that guy he's definitely been like uh, you know, a role model for me just because of his longevity. On, he's such a on, young soul, he is. too. Oh, he's such a chiller, you know. And yeah. I, I love, I just, uh, I love hearing about how his mind works. Uh, I just think he thinks about things very interestingly and definitely have a close connection with him. He was like the first kind of main draw player um, who would practice with me before I uh made my first AVP event. So um, definitely uh, have a connection from that. And we were, we've been, you know, training now for the past like three years together. It's great. Um, So I was, I was thrilled when he and Rafu won in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, That was like such a, such a win kind of like just for our training group, just because it was like, you know, uh, obviously like, you know, he and Rafu are the ones doing it, but it's yeah. nice to think that, you know, maybe I had a had a hand in helping them prepare for that tournament. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's that's interesting because Rafu was the one that kind of gave me my end for coaching AVP. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I said, listen, I just want to do analytics. I just because um, I was at LMU at the time with John Mayer yeah. to, uh, for their beach team. I was the director of operations. And I was like, I need, you know, Rafu, I'm, I'm building up. I'm doing this club thing. I moved here. They made me start over. I said, just list me as a coach and I could do analytics. I could do um, a charting like pull charts and this and that you could take a look at it after a game you know and um you could you could keep keep it it's good this way you know hitters activity their directional integrity while you're, how you're playing defense and also um the number of times they're they're pulling so because his, his he he's into the math um the math part off the court you know so it's one of those things he's like sure so he gave me my shot and then from there jeff was like cool you know come on with me cassie house is like cool come on with me you know earl and jake subsequently you know um, i think my high point was um i got them in the drawing her most beach yeah um and it was cool because they tried seven times and they didn't do it so and it was cool because you don't feel like an imposter in a tent anymore because there's something about already being part of the clique where you're coaching teams that are already in the main draw but there's something about coaching your own team where you punch your own ticket where you know if they don't like you they can go kick rocks and if they do like you then you're you know you're, you're not an imposter anymore so so it's strange right like ed ed was one of your influential people and, and ed's partner rafa was rafa was mine 
Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. They're, I helped yeah, Rafu prepare for Manhattan. When he played with Kevin McCulloch, I helped him prep for Manhattan Beach. Yeah. So they lost first round, and then they won seven straight matches in the, in the loser's bracket because yeah, Kevin has a whip, dude. Yeah, he you does. Yeah, yeah, I actually got a chance to play with Kevin. Um, oh, it was in, uh, yeah, in 2018. We played together in Seattle in the qualifier. Unfortunately, we lost um, a tough one in three, but it was, it was cool. He kind of... Uh, I was like, hey, like, come, you know, like, yeah. I know you're kind of like, he was kind of, uh, his involvement in tournament play was kind of waning. So it's like, uh, it was kind of nice to maybe yeah. like pull him out of retirement. Not really, but, uh, you know, get him uh, and have that, have that chance he to play with him. He was neck deep in Viper, you know, where, where him and Rafa were coaching in Temecula. He was neck deep in private, private lessons, yeah. uh, had a baby, you know, Scout, yeah. Scout was, if, if not already there, already here on, yes. the, on the way. Yeah. And so. he was, um, he was getting ready to move up. Up north to NorCal because I think uh, his his, Davis. his his wife had just gotten the, Got job the Davis at UC job, Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and but, I think Ralph was at San Diego State now, or, or uh, UCSD. UCSD. I oh, yeah. good yeah, for that woman's team. But yeah. I, I believe um, I had heard he might be moving to Florida actually. So. That might be interesting. interesting Florida might be more his speed anyway. Puerto Ricans yeah. like Puerto Ricans like Florida better than they, they like do. California, do yeah. you know? <laughs> and New York. Doesn't you know there's more Puerto Ricans in New York than there are in San Juan? How's that for statistical facts? Right. Um, but so P fourteen forty. You um, got a chance to come back at volleyball from a different angle. You physically healed. Um, how long did it take you to, to heal psychologically? And how and how did P fourteen forty help you? And as far as maybe conquering those demons from the neck up. Yeah. Um, I actually was impressed with my psychological healing. I was, you know, I, I think, so I got cleared to start playing again in September. Um, and so I started kind of practicing just a little bit um, before trying out um, early October for the program that started up in October. Yeah. And I'd say by the time practices started, I was pretty, I was pretty over that hump. Um, but I remember the first few practices when I got back on the sand afterwards, it was like any sort of like diving to the side that was kind of like simulating what mm -hmm. happened, like what the, the motion that I did when I got hurt I was like, Oh, I'm not diving. Like, yeah. You know, and you're I like, just like, I would let the ball go. I would just, yeah. And like, you're like, is it my brain telling me um, I'm, I'm not okay? Or is it in my body? Is my body saying I'm fine? It's your brain. What the, you know, yeah. God help me. Yeah. And I oh. mean, it was definitely the brain, but, um, I definitely think that, um, the practices that we did or, you know, that we've been doing and just kind of like the overall, um, energy that the coaches and like, uh, you know, the, the training group in Huntington, the, what we bring to each practice has definitely helped, you know, it's kind of, uh, we, we have the practice from seven to nine in the morning. Um, and over the winter that was definitely brutal. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the sun would be rising just as, you know, practice was starting it's freezing uh, and if you're not a morning person man you got to just become one <laughs> yeah exactly so um it was definitely good having like you know your teammates there to keep you accountable kind of bring up that energy and then really just get after it so i think um yeah that's that's i mean it's been a tremendous help for me in my game um both physically and mentally that's good to know. I really, I really like what they're doing out there. Again, I like Pompilio, I like Arturo, and I. The thing I liked about Pompilio, and if you've ever talked to him, um, English, of course, as we know, is not his first language. But there's something about English not being your first language, and the way you communicate something that is so simple to understand. I'll give you an example. 
Um, he's with in the summer because, um, you know, we he worked with us before, P14, P1440. And he said, good serves make good defense. Five words, Brendan. All right. Do you know how many words it takes me to say, if you serve tough, you know, your serve to space is going to create some freaking down ball, free ball situations or get them out of system where anything up and down, you, you, you're going to eat up. Why the fuck am I saying all that? Yeah. Why the why am it's I saying so, all that? Good so serves <laughs> make good defense. Yep. I got to stop talking to people like they're an asshole. He, I mean, and, and he, that's how cool is that? Oh, it's That so English cool. not being your first language, but we all speak volleyball. Some people just do it better. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's I, I completely agree. I've had a. Uh, you know, a handful of Brazilian coaches and um, yeah, it's, it's something about kind of simplifying the message um, to make it as easy as possible to convey. And then it's also too, I just think that Brazilians in general just have so much fire about them that like part of it is kind of like a nonverbal communication. Like you can tell just based off of their energy and based off of their demeanor, like, you know, what they're trying to convey to you and it's contagious you know like i remember one of my favorite things uh you know for the u21 tournaments that i got to play in i had jose loyola as my coach okay he's a great guy i mean he's one he's one of the best volleyball players in history and a a pretty and and a pretty good coach oh yeah he's a great he's a great coach yeah Yeah. i'm a big fan and it was funny he always told me um you know when you're like uh you know kind of thinking about your offensive strategy he's like you need to hit 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 and then you shoot but then it's like back to hitting, you know, and yeah. um, I definitely uh, like to incorporate that into my game. I definitely uh, prefer hitting. Um, and um, but it definitely was something like when I was you know younger and like a freshman in college, uh, kind of just doing beach volleyball during the summers as cross training. Yeah, of course. Like really jumping into it full time. Same thing, dude. Um, Central Park, it, New York. Was, same thing. Yeah, it was yeah. it was great advice just to realize the power of like making the defense respect your hard hit and using that to open up your right. shots. Right, where a lot of coaches sometimes, um, it, it's a, it's about clientele, of course, depending on who we're talking about, but I've always been a big proponent of using your power to set up shot yeah. as opposed like uh, in-system shot game to set up your power. If you're in-system, sometimes just take a swing and tell them, tell them you mean business. And also, the more you swing, the more uh, rhythm-wise, the more it's just going to be there for you when you need it for like a three-day or, or a two-day tournament. So it doesn't feel like you're trying anymore. You're just swinging. I mean, and that's, and that's as players, that's what we're trying to do. Um, retirement but that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get to that good better best thing where where 100 swings doesn't feel feel like whatever but getting back to what you said using beach volleyball as a cross trainer for indoor is the best thing an indoor player can ever do and i'll tell you why oh, 100%. um because it only applies to indoor players outdoor players who have a really good jump that don't play indoor do not jump higher when they're indoor because the they're not aware of the runway they're not aware of the, of the flat surface and their footing only indoor players that play beach and come back jump higher yeah. it's the weirdest thing because i see some guys that sky out of the sand and and they're not they're not they're not out jousting me in an indoor game or this or that so um definitely good for a cross trainer your oh, your yeah. blocking is, is more aggressive 
because of course you're by yourself, right? Your digging is more uh, is more aggressive because there's only one person up at the net. The only person that can help you is at the net, <laughs> unless he pulls. So, so now indoor, like someone's trying to take a free ball with his hands, you're taking your forearms and yeah. putting it above above his hands, taking his ball from him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But the things, the notes, the things, and the, and the reason why I'm getting somewhere because I want your thoughts on this. Where it has uh, um, helped me less is anything to do with offense, like serve receive. I don't think it helped me that much because serve receive indoor is a target and it's timing specific okay um i'm an indoor setter no 27 years i'm out of my 30 i was a setter germany i played outside a setting not really trying to dish that ball throws off the timing of the middles you know the outsides of course i mean it's plenty of time or whatever you know to, to the four step um and hitting which is academic two-man block four digs versus a one-man block and one dig so it's helped me tremendously for blocking and digging but not no, it didn't hurt my game. It didn't necessarily help that much for offense. Thoughts? I think that's interesting. I I definitely think that uh, blocking skills for beach definitely translate the best for indoor because, yeah, if you're able to effectively block and kind of take area and shape what um, is available for a hit, like a hitter by yourself, it helps with two people um, and it makes blocking with, you know, a middle a lot easier. Yeah. I definitely think digging, if you are used to that bigger responsibility then obviously like on indoor when you have multiple people it's definitely going to be a lot easier because then you've got yeah. the lines of defense and everything you just become um, a better reader oh right? definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah you definitely read a lot better too i'd say um i think another important thing is just like the physical benefits of it like for me, like I wasn't, uh, you know, the most physical specimen in like high school. And so like beach volleyball really helped me because, um, obviously it's a lot harder to like jump around and move in sand. So it helped with my agility and, uh, mobility and just vertical in general. So I think in that aspect, it might help your hitting just because, you know, there's, uh, hopefully if you're, if you're practicing enough, like your vertical will be a lot better yeah. indoor when you get back. So. Yeah. Because you already, but because your mechanics and your muscle memory already identify with the indoor approach. That's yes. why I was thinking. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, your I mean, your hitting mechanics are definitely different. You have a lot longer approach, probably on indoor, you know, beach, it's definitely more organic and flowing and you've yeah. got to kind of like move with the wind, move with where your pass is, everything kind of, you know, it's a lot more fluid, whereas indoor is a lot more rigid. Um, just with like you pass to a specific target and then you run your specific set. Um, in beach, you can set up those plays if you want to, but a lot of times the game just kind of happens organically. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Rob looking in on us. Rob McLean. <laughs> Rob, keep it. What's McLean. up, Rob? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rob. Um, we do an attachment from the Option Podcast called Sports Debate Tuesday, and. Um, we just broke our own records. We had 12,000 views on Facebook. On I have an NY Varsity Sports handle on YouTube, but also on Facebook. And that, um, you know, I just re, um, promoted it to any English-speaking country or whatever. And we got 12, we, we broke our own record of 10,000. We about two, about two more thousand just um, last week. So awesome. I was very, very happy. Congrats. You know, I mean, players like you, you're, you're always going to average um, 7,000 or 8,000 on, on the handle. Like Casey, you know, got 11. Jeff got 18. So wow. right now that's the most theater. Perf- the only the only ones even close to him are the theater people, because like I said, I'm not just doing volleyball players anymore. Yeah. So sports debate Tuesdays, Tuesday volleyball people Wednesday, actors, comedians, artists. Um, tomorrow I got someone coming on named Lizzie Martin. She's a makeup artist and um, a karaoke queen. She's okay. Gonna be, she's gonna uh, be. I dabble in some karaoke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh my God. Every I mean 
every time I drive somewhere is like an episode of Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> My man. Like, I don't, I don't need James Corden in the car with me to like yeah. sing along to some pop tunes. <laughs> well, that's right now. That's my outlet. My, um, I was in the BFA program at Marymount Manhattan and included some musical theater, of course. I sang choir for eleven years in Brooklyn and at this fire and brimstone dance up the aisles church. You know, you, you know, you know the kind of church. Yeah. If you don't know if you going to heaven or going to hell, you going to hell. <laughs> If you're not sure, I'm like, okay, I'll bring back a refrigerator magnet. Uh, you know, so, so I'll get yeah. you into those. Boom. Put them oh, yeah. So, I, um, yeah. I was. Uh, did you grow up on um, uh, Bible? Uh, was it truly Bible Belt? We're, um, we're in Indiana. Yes. There's definitely, you know, a lot of religious people in, in uh, the Midwest. Yeah. Um, I didn't frequent church. Um, I've, I've definitely been. Um, but, yeah, didn't go. Uh didn't go all the time, but definitely still like had a big choir experience in my, in my youth. I did choir in you, elementary you school. You look like you Glee before Glee came. <laughs> I swear, don't Dunny Miranda Dunny. Yes, he's like an act everywhere he goes. Yeah, it's <laughs> true, man. It. Yeah, um, I did uh, choir in fourth and fifth grade, and then I was the lead of our fifth grade play. Ooh. Um, so. I mean, don't need to toot my own horn, <laughs> Dude, but all right, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm ready for my Oscar. Um, or t- you know, right, or I'm, t- I'm out. Or Tony. <laughs> I'm out. And then um, <laughs> in middle school, I played the saxophone. Um, and then I put. I was in our eighth grade play, and we did Fiddler on the Roof. And cool. That was uh, Lazar Wolf, the butcher. Nice. Um, so you know. <laughs> God, man, I wish I did more in high school. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of stopped in high school because um, that's when uh, eighth grade was when uh, volleyball started becoming a lot more serious for me. Yeah, and artists and athletics have the same season, don't they? Yeah, so um, you know, you, you only have so much extracurricular time, and ath- uh, academics were always so important to me. So I wasn't willing to budge on my academic schedule and my academic. Um, kind of expectations of myself so i wasn't able to fit in two extracurriculars and um yeah I, you, you played know, the sax I, you I said picked, yeah yeah the alto sax and then played the baritone sax for a little bit for jazz band nice yeah I me really as viola it. for a year uh piano for three and clarinet for a year but i wish the hell i just played guitar man you can't you can't bring a piano which you. you can bring a guitar you know i'm like you can bring a guitar everywhere you go man i would have been thank god i probably would have been one of the people singing on the trains <laughs> having a time of my life no just oblivious to, to to ash you know cool there goes rob sends love okay i like that Aww. so yeah so yeah um for me very very uh, super religious family you know they they hate everybody that's not their way you know I mean, it was weird like like honestly like like homosexuality like i grew, I grew up hating gay people you know and then until you until of course you find out your friend is and you're just like wait a second that's mike <laughs> and you're like who gives who gives a shit <laughs> right who gives a shit so yeah and then you know and of course um you just educate yourself, you know, on on on, on the whole thing. My sister, two tours in Afghanistan. She's gay. My aunt's my aunt's gay. Um, but it was one of those things where the, the, there's no tolerance, and I don't I shouldn't consider this tolerance because it's not tolerance. It's just it's just who or what you are. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, w- I would like to see some of my gay friends not use that to identify themselves as a collective whole, okay? You're also a volleyball player. You're also an actor. You're also this. You're also that. You're also a singer. You know, you're not just you're not just gay. Like me, I'm not just straight. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So, um, it was one of those things where... I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. It's weird because... Um, um, because I'm not that person. No, it's okay. I'm clearly not that person yeah, anymore. Well, I'm like, no, I'm happy. I wouldn't be talking to you yeah. if you were still that person. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, that was definitely I mean, who is, thing. right? <laughs> I mean, there are people out there. But yeah. um, for the most part, I mean, I had a similar experience where it was like, yeah, I guess growing up in Indiana, it was kind of interesting for me just because, you know, um, with kind of the, you know, the amount of religious folks that are out there, um, yeah, you kind of feel bad for like, growing up like you know gay and you're just like why like why am i this way like why like you know uh i shouldn't be this way or something and then it kind of takes you um realizing that that's a very like i don't know uh not everyone thinks that way and Mm -hmm. more people are accepting for you to like accept yourself um and i the i there's kind of this funny joke that i heard that i really like where um you know people who you know, are super religious and are, you know, intolerant of people who are a part of the LGBTQ community. It's kind of similar to people who are on a diet who get mad at other people for eating donuts. Yeah. Hey, I'm on a diet. You can't eat that donut. Like, like, yeah. like yeah. How can oh, you eat that? I'd be yeah. like, like this. <laughs> no, that's a great joke. Yeah, that's I a mean, great joke. It's and, just like and, a good, it's and, an interesting and, way and to And I think, think the more people it. that get the joke, the more everybody could just chill the F out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, my kind of like take just on life in general is I'm kind of a libertarian in the sense that um, I... You like your guns I, and gay people. I, <laughs> cool, well, I right? Really, yeah, that's... I, I in mean, fact, we should arm gay people everywhere. Just, just right? <laughs> I mean, my thing is it's like... Only you can prevent hate crimes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's good. That's really good. Wow. <laughs> You're like part of the musical theater and the you know comedic theater, it's all in one. Um, Runs like new, hardly any miles on it, my man. But yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my 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 point is, it's like, um, you know, you you should be free to live your life, and as long as you're not bothering or negatively impacting someone else's life, you should be able to do what you want. Yeah. Um, Hank and, Williams wrote a song called "This Is a Coalition to Ban Coalitions," and it's it's weird because coalitions help because it makes people more mindfully aware and this and that but i think the point he was trying to make uh the last line why doesn't everybody else leave everybody else alone (laughs) and i'm like that includes the people you had a problem with for no fucking reason growing up yeah you know so but it's it's also about not people being tolerant of gay people it's about gay people being tolerant of people who need to educate themselves okay like it's very it would be very unfair for someone to say that the person, the Jason in 1986, he had a problem with gay people, or, you know, make gay jokes and they thinks it's funny. Um, I had a good sense of humor. Even I think even other gay people were laughing at it, but, but that's not the point. Uh, um, the point is for someone to take that and say that's who I am today oh. is, is a little bit, it's lazy and it's disingenuous. And I think that's where uh, I was alluding to... Um, the tolerance has to be the other way around. The to- it's, yeah, uh, can we call it reverse tolerance? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just I'm it's, gonna call it reverse tolerance just to get people to understand, but yeah. not by definition. Well, just like tolerance is a two way street. Yeah, you know, you have to tolerate the fact that sometimes you're not gonna agree with someone. Yeah, and you can you can like kind of 
end a discussion with agreeing to disagree. Like yeah. there's a reason why people say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that is, like you said, it is kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe like ignorant to expect people to not change and like kind of, you know, like, oh, wow, 1996, Jason wasn't cool with, you know, homosexuals. That means like he can't yeah. be now. It's like the Brandon from six months ago isn't the same Brandon who's sitting no. with you today. Like it's an evolution. Yeah, exactly. We've evolved. Yeah. Hell, and, and, I mean, and one other kind of focus. I've I don't had even want to look like, in fact, physically, I don't even want to physically look like the person <laughs> I was when I was 16, 18. I'm happy. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. You no, should I be com- too. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like, um, one of my focuses or mindsets recently has just been like, how is, uh, the Brandon of today going to become better than who, you know, like the Brandon of yesterday, like, how yeah. am I going to like, that is one thing I can control. I can't control what other people do or how they react to things I do. Exactly. But how can I control like my actions and how can I become a better person today than I was nice. yesterday? Can I, can I share a joke? Can you pull up, um, Joel Romero, um, no for gay Jesus. Now, I'm, she's going to pull it up. Basically, this guy in his interview, he's a mixed martial artist, right? Um, his English is very, very broken. And he's like, everybody, basically the point he was trying to make was everybody's celebrating and everyone's making money, but but nobody has time to say, you know, thank you, Jesus. Uh, and he's, and he basically, he was trying to say, don't forget about Jesus. So his Cuban um, accent says, no, no forget Jesus. No forget Jesus. So the next day, a Cuban fighter makes homophobic slur. You know, Dana White tolerates this stuff. These bunch of skinheads fighting and every And Joe Rogan is on the podcast. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Is that it? Yeah. I believe so. We'll see. Maybe I'm trying English. I want to say something. This is it. I'm trying English. I'm trying English. I try in English. Hey, They're cheering, and then everybody just goes silent. Listen. What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on? You forget for the best of the best of the war. The name is Jesus Christ. What happened to you? And at the what very end. Go, go back for you, go. Go for Jesus. No, forget Jesus, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, forget. Because wow. the way he started, go where you go. Go back to where you go. You know, no, forget Jesus. And, and everybody was like, Everyone was cheering because he, you know, he's like, because when you're when you're in Huntington and you grab a mic and you say, "What's up, Huntington?" It's a cheap pop and people are gonna cheer. And oh, so yeah. he got the crowd and then everyone just went. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, cheap applause still counts yeah. as applause, right? <laughs> I wasn't honestly. I wasn't trying to use it as a soundbite for a testament to tolerance. I just thought it was. Funny. I just I just thought it's this this Cuban guy just trying to say, hey, it was around Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is like, hey, you, 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 you got your health, right? You're in good shape. You surround yourself with a, a good circulation of friends and your circle of friends, maybe even tighter. Uh, and him as a religious person says, hey, no, let's take time to just give thanks, you know. Um, and that's that's to me, that's where my religion can uh, continues. There, there are some parts where the rubber hits the road because it's just, just common sense. You, you know, um, there's, there's, there's facts and there's the truth, which, which we can get into a whole, a whole whatever. But 
that's 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 what I'd like to think uh, the things of God are about. It's about tolerance for everybody, not 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 just for sins, not just for things you do well, just just understanding, um, like you said, being a better version of yourself, um, and that starts with understanding everybody else. You can you can't be a better version of yourself if you're just implosive. You physically, yeah. All right, you know how to do it, and you're you're a good player or whatever. Good for you. But there's a reason why you and Dylan Merrick have chemistry. All yeah. right, you understood each other. There's a reason why you beat Jeff and whatever. You understood this dude is only one uh, doing a one block. He insisted on not changing up the block, and you're like, well, let me just keep going cross court really hard uh, <laughs> until they fix that. Because Jeff didn't have the neither one had the twitch reaction. Um, you 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 won that 2-0. and they didn't have the twitch reaction. In fact, their their twitch was facing you, and at the end, it was facing the net. So even any even anything they dug was going this way forward or back or back off the court where they had to bring it back where you got to hit him again so um it's i'm so glad i steered this back to volleyball yeah because i'm a <laughs> fucking idiot sometimes no Brandon. it's okay i you think know? uh let's just uh i like yeah. how this is kind of happening organically yeah, no of um, course but that's, that's how the podcast goes I, I think you hit the uh the nail on the head with that um it's funny dylan and i have described like our connection as like mental synchronicity before where yeah. it's like we kind of just like know what each other wants yeah and, that's, and he's a hot skinny it. boy look look for the people watching that's the, the guy behind him the picture behind him the two of them together <laughs> yep sorry yep i broke into that no, so it's I, was good. Having, I was having um, a no for i was having a no for gay dylan Merrick moment <laughs> sorry he's, yeah he's hot sorry yeah straight but i'm not blind <laughs> you got asthma brother right? <laughs> um but yeah no i really i really enjoy playing with him um I think he has such a high volleyball IQ that um, it's been great getting to like um, play with him because a lot of times, uh, especially when we first started, like he would just kind of say like, okay, like I think we should serve this guy, you know, like serve him more towards his line, do this kind of blocking style. I bet he's going to like, you know, cut shot or something and then be like, okay, we're going to run this three block, like serve him to his line. He's going to cut shot and then boom, he would cut shot. Dylan's right there, like nice little transition set and then boom. And, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I think we play some really good team defense together. I think we uh, pass and set well. We set each other well, and um, yeah, he's just fun. He's 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 a great guy to play with. Um, you know, the cool thing is like tech technical wise, and how you should approach like a game plan to both of you come together with. How much has Andor helped on that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I definitely appreciate Andor. Um, I had a great couple years getting to. It was well. Was it like. Yeah, I think I think he he coached me for about a year, and um, you and Ben, right? Yeah. All yeah. right, so I'm going to stop you. You have to finish your 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 dot your your critique diatribe or soliloquy like as if you're Andor. Go ahead. Oh, I got to talk like Andor. Yeah. So uh, he <laughs> he would always talk to me about like offense and really planning your st- strategy and how you want to hit. And he would be like, Brandon, you need to pass the ball. You need to run this, uh, run the pin, and then just hit the fuck out of the ball just cross and then it was just so great because like a lot of times you know he used to play and uh you know he's still relatively young like he's like early 40s and he would just be like brandon just jump up and put your hands over the fucking net and block that ball i'm fucking 40 and i could fucking block that ball and uh the profanity is uh i'm I'm purposely saying that he definitely cussed at me a lot, but yeah, like well, I loved said it, it. Said in context, yeah, Sick. no, of course, yeah, and uh, <laughs> now, nah, but he's a great coach, and he definitely uh, made me think about uh, exactly how I want to pass, just to set up the offense that I want to run, 
and uh, definitely made me a bit more aggressive about uh, blocking and serving. So yeah, yeah, blocking and serving. He covered that on page one sixteen in his, I mean, his ma- in I mean, his, his manual. Like Two hundred plus manual. Yeah, my Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, it's cool having him before, like timeline wise, chronologically. It's actually pretty cool having him before you. Do you have Dylan? Because when yeah. you have the game plan and, and there's a certain way you want to block or whatever and this and that, maybe there's some things you revert back to or, or not. Uh, but in my opinion, just just watching you guys play from 2016 up to now um, was fun. Was yeah. Fun. No, I definitely think that things happen for a reason and people come in and out of your life, um, you know, with a very, you know, uh, a very critical moments like I think everything happens for a reason and I I think that um you know in 2016 and 2017 like Ben and I were like the young guns and the you know young guns on the block that was like awesome. yeah and it was like such a it was such a Cinderella moment for us like qualifying <laughs> in this like hometown beating uh Reed Pretty and Came Shock like that was who, like who by the way beat Rafu and um Kevin McCullough just to to get to go what the hell kind of qualifier was that yeah, dude yeah we were in the qualifier bracket from hell um i think that was like their very first <laughs> but that's, match isn't that what makes it so cool oh of course well i mean i think it's because neither of them had points so they ended up being like one of the lowest seeds and yeah. I, I believe rafu and kevin were like the first seed in the qualifier yeah, yeah. so it really puts the emphasis on like, they never the one, wanting the to be seed, yeah. in the qualifier because anything can happen um you could have two who olympians did you, just who show did up. you beat before reading came you beat did you play jeff Again? No. no. Um, gosh, it's been so long that I. Like, oh no! My, Come on. The, the the memory of that day is playing that match. We got completely crushed by Reed and came in the first set. I think it was like twenty one twelve or something. And I just remember like we went to the sideline. I was I told Ben and I was like I I like you know uh, <laughs> I just looked at Ben and I was like well we can't play much worse than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, yeah uh, it's only only. Can only go up. Right. And so then I think, uh, you know, beat them like 21 19 the next set. And then I just remember uh, 13 13 getting served. And it's like windy at that point already. I pass it, call for like a pin set. And Ben sets me too far out. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, And I like do a lefty cut shot. And I like, one, I don't shoot that often, as you probably know. I like to hit. And two, like my left hand is like so useless. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't know why. I never lefty cutty beforehand. Like it just like came out and I was just like, I was like, and then like, I just remember getting the freeze like that. And then game point, like, serve Reed, pull off the net, the wind blows a lot, and that was like, you know, before obviously he's made the incredible strides he has to become all the way to him and Trevor winning Manhattan. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Like he's an incredible player. But I remember at that time like wind blew a little bit further and he like pulled the ball into the net. I just remember freaking out. Like I jumped into like Ben's arms like because it was like (laughs) it was it was it was so incredible. Like it was it, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. Like at the very like most literal definition of incredible, like not believable. I was like, I felt like I was living a dream that it was cloud nine. And it was like such a perfect way to start my like beach volleyball experience out here because, um, you know, it was, 
it was crazy. I remember when I moved out here, um, you know, I had job offers in like uh, New York and Boston and most of my friends from college ended up staying in New York and yeah. Boston. Yeah, so, like, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's like, there's a comfortability in staying kind of on the East Coast after you've just been there. But, um, you know, I wanted to take this risk, um, you know, for volleyball. And I remember moving out here and saying like, okay, my goal is like, I really just want to qualify for like one AVP in 2017. Like if for... 2016 that was my goal that was my goal and it was like for it to happen at the very first one and then for ben and i to go and qualify for four more that season wind up on center court two Um, against crab and gib yeah oh my gosh like i i yeah i mean i love playing against that team first game was 22 20 or something no no uh Um, second game second game was i think 21 19 so it was really close um and it was so fun takes a while for you to get started (laughs) yeah 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 it was definitely like okay so this is this is how the big boys play (laughs) um but um yeah like man it was just 2017 was such a thrill and it was like everything was fun everything was just there were no expectations because it was our first year we were rookies and you know it was like any point that we got was a bonus because we didn't expect to score like anything so it was like when you have that mentality of not expecting anything and being happy about anything that is positive it's just such a healthier way to to play and to be just in life whether that's volleyball or work or just like and personal just relationships think, and just qualifying think about the like you call, you call it the bracket from hell right yeah you have like four avp winners <laughs> you have four of but between now and whatever you have four avp winners in that or three and uh you right you got rafu you got came uh one with um i don't even remember who um no did he with tim Baumgren? no um but finalist okay and you got rafu um, who and, they beat and then who Reed won. Yeah. yeah and Reed who won with, uh, just won with Trevor Crabb last yeah. year in Manhattan Beach that's cr- that's insane yeah Dude, that's insane yeah <laughs> it's like sometimes I think about it and it's still I can't I can't believe it happened you know but um, it was an incredible experience and it really kept the fire like burning bright if not brighter um, and 2017 went incredibly and then i think like most people experience there was definitely a sophomore slump of 2018 you know it's it's like Like, i said kind of like dak um, prescott style yeah yeah it's and it's what i was talking about with expectations you know it was like okay we got our like rookie season out of the way like so now it's like obviously we expect to do better than we did our first year like you know we're older like we're more experienced we have that so like and as soon as you have that mindset of where you expect to perform a certain way that's like the, your expectations and your goals cross each other and then you fuck up. Yeah. Well, it's because expectations lead to disappointments of course because, yeah. you know, no matter like if you don't expect anything, but like prepare for the best, like prepare for the worst and like, Ex- yeah, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Right. Something like that. I don't even like that. Cause I don't think you should expect the best because <laughs> if you expect the best and you don't get it, then you're going to be disappointed. Like, honestly, it's like you should be happy for every positive thing that you do. And obviously there are some sort of expectations that you should have. But, um, in general, I think the mindset though was like, you know, I think things started to become a little less fun. And I think that, um, we weren't celebrating the points that we were getting and we were, you know, we were like, hyper dissecting everything that went wrong when like sometimes they just hit a really good shot or they just hit a really good angle and you just have to accept that and like 
that's out of your control, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, obviously there are things that you can learn from it and you shouldn't be completely blind to what happens, but yeah, but you don't want to have paralysis through analysis. Exactly. You don't want paralysis analysis paralysis. And like I was saying earlier, like today's a new day or like this points a new point, like look back at yesterday or the last point, but don't stare. Cause as soon as you start staring, like that's not, that's not your focus. You need to focus like onward and upward, you know? Yeah. There, um, here's the thing in acting one. All right. I was at Marymount Manhattan when I auditioned. What the hell? They're ranked number two in the country. I got in, decided to do my education there. All right. Um, acting one, we have something called GOAT that every first year student knows. Goal, obstacle, tactic, ex- expectations. All right. I'm doing a scene. Let's say Angels in America. I don't know. Maybe my goal is to get her to love me again. The obstacle, she thinks um, I'm with somebody else. Tactics, um, just do, do, do the things that we did in the beginning of our relationship that, that fired it up. Expectations, I get her back. You know what I'm saying? So, but if your goal is if you're, it's mixed with your expectation, like if your expectation is for you to stay together for the rest of your lives and you play that as your goal, they, they cross over. And the same thing with volleyball. You can't get in, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm getting somewhere with this, you can't get in on the court um, to be to with the um, to be the best. You play volleyball. You do what, you do what, you do your fucking job, and then being the best, the expectation takes care of its own, right? Your your goal is to execute a game, a game plan that you that you saw on videotape. Your your obstacles may might be Dahlhauser, might be up there, might be a giant on the other side of the yeah. net. Your tactics, use your wrist, fucking hit him in hit him in the noggin if he split blocks. You know your expectation, you know is is to is to to play real well in this tournament. Right, and that's where people. That's where I thought maybe you and you and him might have crossed hairs a little bit, and that's where that's because the points weren't becoming fun because you had the expectation like, no, we're supposed to get that kill, yeah. instead of just like, oh man, that was fucking cool. Yeah, exactly. Where am I on that? Uh, yeah, I think you hit the you know the nail on the head. Um, yeah, it was like, you know, any like, it was like a kill was just like okay, like expected normal day yeah yeah okay oh we missed that block or oh we missed that dig or oh we got aced it's like oh my gosh and then it was like freak out and like you said about how you think dylan and i play um, yeah we're very emotionally calm and yeah. we're able to you know stay cool and collected um under pressure situations and i think like i think that's definitely something that's helped a lot it's like you know um you a lot, there are a lot of things you can't control, um, right. but you know you can control how you react to things. And I think that like Dylan and I react well to pressure situations. We stay calm, we support one another, and we focus on what we can do, which is the next play at hand. All right. Yeah, because you can you can only. Like Cher said, if I could turn back time, <laughs> you can. You can only worry about the next play. Something you said about, we were talking about highs and lows. Mathematically, for the people listening, this I put it like this. For every five points you get emotionally high, you give up nine on the low. Big waves crash. Small waves don't. Small waves ebb and flow. And that's and that, to me, that's how I describe my, my um, psychological approach or the, the players I like to coach or whatever. So um, that's that's a real thing. You know, that's a real thing. And I'm so glad that you guys are doing well. You know, um, anything coming up before Huntington I should pay attention to? Um, yeah, so there's the, this tournament in Cincinnati, which is pretty exciting. There's um, a bid to New York at stake, actually. Um, so that's pretty big. For the um, New York AVP? Yeah. 
Cool. I'm going. Yeah. Need a coach? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going. <laughs> keep, um, you, keep, keep me busy. Not, the only one I'm coaching right now is Rob and whoever he's playing with. Yeah. McLean. Um, McLean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I think there's um, a tournament in Santa Cruz uh, for a bid to Huntington. Definitely okay. going to like playing that. Uh, there's one last P1440 tournament at the end of March. Um, okay. So hoping to do well and and then as, it, as you and Dylan still yes yeah oh nice yeah so that'll cool. be a lot of fun hell yeah um and uh yeah then April's kind of just getting ready for you know Huntington and getting ready for you know the grind of like traveling twice a month and and you know qualifiers hopefully not 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 for the you know full season and uh but at least you know um getting ready and then just yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Playing and having fun. Like I'm I haven't had an AVP season in like 2 years and I'm like I'm thrilled for it, you know. I love I don't know, I love traveling around. I love getting to, you know, do the thing that I love the most yeah. in this life, you meet, know. You meet new people too. I mean, yeah, New, exactly. new York's nice, Chicago's Chicago I understand is on fire. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Um, that's you the can, one I haven't been to, but at some point I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um yeah, meeting new people, hanging out with the volleyball scene cuz like, you know, like the volleyball community we're tight and like everyone is friendly and um it's great because, you know, whether you've played with someone or haven't played with someone, um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, like everyone's nice to one another and, um, you know, sure. There's a little shit talking here and there, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's, I think it's partially show. Um, yeah. and, and I don't think you pay much attention to that anyway. I mean, oh, yeah, I think no. you do a good job, um, unwittingly or not being oblivious to it. Oh you yeah. Know, maybe like you I'm program def- yourself or you, or you just don't see it. I'm aware of it, obviously, but at oh, the so end- you program yourself. Then. <laughs> yeah. But at okay. the end of the day, it's just like, um, you know, what are you going to do? Like on himself. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, sticks and stones can break my, or wait, no, sorry. Yeah. But words can never hurt me. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it's like, I don't really, yeah. I, sorry. I almost sang the Rihanna song, like sticks and stones don't break my bones, but chains and whips excite me. But uh, sorry. Got my, got my sayings mixed Sidebar, up a little sidebar. bit, right? <laughs> great song, Rihanna. Great song. <laughs> I'm listening to Rihanna tonight. What's up, dude? <laughs> Kelly, plug in the song, girl. She's upstairs. I know she can hear me. <laughs> So um, I, I know at some point all things must come to an end, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the coronavirus virus, uh, shutting down a lot of the sports events. Um, Harvard, the Ivy League was the first to step up. I don't know if you saw that. Harvard and yeah. Yale were the first ones to say, hey, you they know, are. we know the winner gets a bid, but we're not doing this conference final. Not now. Oh, they're not even doing uh, spring athletics. That's right. All spring athletics. No, no, I'll go one further. Kelly, All spring athletics. Kelly said that told people to stay on spring break. Then they're even coming back from spring break. Yeah, so March fifteenth, everyone has to leave campus, and they're doing the remainder of classes uh, remotely. Skype or something. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty insane. I definitely um, this is uh, at least the biggest worldwide epidemic that I've experienced in my lifetime. Yeah, um, I definitely think it's good to be precautious um, because you never want. Um, anything bad to happen, why put yourself in harm's way? But at the same yeah. point, I definitely think that um, the mass hysteria is a little excessive and egregious. Um, uh, I would have to be... Yeah, there. I mean, you can't find Purell on, on a shelf. Yeah. And you go to five different stores, that's a little over the top. Yeah, exactly. It's and, not a zombie apocalypse, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and if you look at it too, like statistically, you know, the, there are 
smaller case, like the number of deaths are, you know, smaller than a lot of other, you know, concerns and risks in the world. And also, um, you know, it's mainly targeting um, an older demographic. Um, and, you know, I'm not, that's not to say that like only old people are at risk for the coronavirus, but, and that we shouldn't take precautions, but it just seems to me like, um, I think it's probably the news hyping it up because it's good for ratings. Um, you know, people love watching, like they love watching like a police car chase and they love hearing like, oh my gosh, what's the, what's the coronavirus update? Like, you know, it's something like that the whole world can talk about and stay up to date on. It's like, yeah, yeah. but there's certain things that they keep running like um like 9-11 none of the phones work but cables but the cable tv worked <laughs> yeah in fact everyone, people that didn't have cable got new york one for free the whole week <laughs> just keeping the public informed i guess yeah but um, jesus I, I don't know i didn't even mean to jump that route but no but I in mean, this in the, uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's a real it's thing a, it's a hot topic right now it's yeah a real, no it's a and real it's thing it's crazy so like um but i just i mean you, you you know you're an alum so i just i just thought it was really cool that the first ones that step up to the plate uh um in any major sporting event was, was the ivy League. yeah harvard and yale said no nah, we're you know i think we're gonna we're gonna chill at home i'm gonna play some video games and skype my class you know, good for you, man. Yeah. Uh, in the spirit of volleyball, because this, you're a volleyball player, so this has to be a volleyball podcast. Uh, um, where's the most the the most fun place you played on the AVP stops? Ooh, the most fun place. So like fun. The place you turn- look forward to going to. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, that's a good question. I think probably Manhattan. I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's like the Wimbledon of beach volleyball. Yeah. And also, whose goal? Like, I think every beach volleyball player's goal is to have their name on the Manhattan Beach Pier. And like, to me, that's like it's definitely mm-hmm. on my bucket list. It's something I definitely wanted this life lifetime. And it's like a perfect intersection of my two careers you know i do real estate and i do volleyball and like what better way to you know commemorate it than like getting your name on a volleyball plaque on you know a piece of real estate that like that never that that's going to be there longer than you exactly it's going to be there longer than you yeah right um (laughs) so yeah manhattan's definitely uh plus there's always like i think there's just a lot of hype about it there's you know it's always I don't know, it just, there's an energy about it that makes it feel so much bigger than it actually is. Yeah, there's this nostalgia that comes with it. The only tournament I played in for beach was the Manhattan Open. I was 47, um, I'm 50 this year, so I wanted to play one when I moved here. I said, let me just play one before I get too, um, what's the word, oh, oh, before I get too old. <laughs> um, yeah, so let me just play one. I played um, TK and um, uh, Jake Rosner. Um, I we only put up like six points the first set and then 16. I got like four, I got like three blocks and three aces the second set. Just, okay. just trying to do something, you know, yeah. you know, Kevin was my de facto coach. He said, remember what I said about not jump serving, just jump serve. <laughs> what do you got to lose? Go. Um, I, to, in my defense, I only got served once. I beat, I beat a four block switch. You know, I'm left-handed, just drop my shoulder and they're like, okay, we, Tyler Lucas is a short, heavy set guy, and they, that's the guy they knew. So they're like, "Wait a second, we gotta qualify. <laughs> Let me just let's just serve a bunch of the balls of the devil we know." 
<laughs> as opposed to this guy who you know, we we never even seen in our lives. So, you know. But TK I met because TK played for Ramapo, and I was oh, coaching okay. uh, Baruch College at the time and City College. So, um, the, the Nekva Conference, Northeastern Collegiate, they were all part of the whatever. So, I knew TK when he played outside header for Ramapo for for Donnie for Donnie Nelson. So. So, you know, I knew people going in, but it is the granddaddy. It is nostalgic. And um, yeah. I fucking love it, dude. I fucking yeah. love it. I definitely think, uh, yeah, getting to, I, I got to play um, on the stadium court there with Ben in 2017. And that was definitely an experience. Um, mm. uh, yeah. And, and so, like, definitely want to do that again, um, hopefully this year. Um, and I see a lot, man. It's gonna be so much fun, dude. It's gonna be so much fun because you got this attack style um, defense. You're very, you guys are so aggressive on defense, and your trans game is so clean. And you guys have such trust in each other to just take chances without judgment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Let's say you you, you throw up a three block, but but you see something different. You 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 pull a stunt. Maybe you just both hands cross. If you get burned line, Dylan's not looking at you like you're crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, and that that's cool to work with. You guys um, are able to... You don't have to. You don't have to worry about dealing with your partner or other, right? Having your partner and not having to deal with your partner is golden, my man. It is golden. Yeah. yeah. We trust each other to do yeah. our responsibilities. And um, at the end of the day, it's like, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's your domain, so... You know, do what you th do what you see and do what you think's right. And um, you know, I'd say fortune favors the bold. So um, I definitely think it's good to make you know uh, no bold doubt. decisions and yeah. try and try. Look, know. I can go Shakespeare up and down on you right now, but I'm not going. I'm a, I'm going to go to a wrestler, The Undertaker. Said, "Ain't ain't no shame in fighting and getting your ass kicked, but ain't no honor in not fighting at all." <laughs> Should I leave it at that? <laughs> I, I think so. All right, before I leave, before we go, I want to plug in. Uh, big up to um, the U.S. Uh, uh, um, women's national soccer team, telling people to take the offer and go go kick rocks. This whole thing, I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah. This whole thing where they. Um, and I, it's going to be on Sports Debate Tuesday next Tuesday because now i got to wait a week. Wait a week to talk about Spike Lee, okay? We're going to talk about the Knicks. But big up to them to, to, to tell them to take that offer and shove it, okay? Because the rationalization that everybody had was, well, the men are generating more revenue. Every sport where men are making more than women, it's like, well, women don't move the needle. They move the needle, then we pay you. But now you got a team that's more popular than the men. <laughs> <laughs> pay them this is a situation where they use that that excuse that bs excuse as a rash as a as, as a reason why they're, they're making less they're all out of excuses pay these women thank god for volleyball that everybody makes money the same money across the board because the women there's certain women that move the needle just as well as the men does the most popular be, uh, beach player the most transcendent one carrie walsh isn't even in the avp <laughs> A woman, <laughs> all right. right. Miss T Mays retired. Right. <laughs> they, they know Phil, but some people just know him as the ball guy. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know his name, <laughs> but they will know Brandon Clemens. I hope so. They will know Brandon Clemens. They will know. They will never forget the name. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes our podcast for Miranda Gagne, my hostess with the Moses. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? <laughs> from my boy Brendan Clemens I have stars in my eyes when I see him but for all of you for now I am Jason DeBeas and I say so long love you
Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.